0: In this town, there is no offseason. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland, as the big voice says. He's Daryl Ryder. I am Andy Baskin. Uh, we are in the aftermath of Pittsburgh, and we are looking forward to Tennessee. It's our next stop here, but so many things to talk about over the last week here that have happened last couple, week, last couple days, Daryl. Um, first, let's start with Nick Chubb and the fact that he is out for the rest of the season. Before I do that, though, Daryl, real quick, uh, public service message. Thank you to everyone that has subscribed to the podcast. Uh, Daryl and I are both very appreciative, and we are really excited about all of our new watchers on YouTube. So tell a friend about it on YouTube, too, to make sure they're watching It's Always Game Day in
1: Cleveland. I know Daryl wanted to share that same sentiment. Daryl? Absolutely. Appreciate you subscribing and watching or listening wherever you get your podcasts, hopefully through the Odyssey app, but you know, where it's iTunes or spotify or whatever we just uh, appreciate you being on board leave us a comment leave us a review preferably five stars but uh if you got to give us one we'll we'll take that too
0: i'm very excited about all the youtubers too. that's been kind of fun uh, and it's, it's it's been a new twist to the podcast too because we've been around for more than a year and <clears throat> now finally i think some people are finding us uh, out there so again um you know, this is Daryl, Daryl and I really unplugged compared to what we do on the air. Right, Daryl. I mean, I think that's fair to say. And yeah, like I'm not sitting here. I mean, there's a million podcasts out there for the Browns, but you know, Daryl and I talk about this every day for a living. Uh, We're just not a bunch of, you know, guys sitting around kind of just going at it. You're getting some meat and potatoes here. So at least that's what we're hoping to provide. Now we will joke around and sit around on the couch a little bit too, but for the majority of this stuff, it's all meat and potatoes. And I hope at the end of the day, you're smarter about the
1: Browns by listening
0: to this podcast.
1: Right, Darrell? Absolutely. And if uh, you watched on YouTube after the Pittsburgh game, you got to see me survive a hiccup attack.
0: <laughs> it was amazing. It was uh, I have, it was amazing.
1: I have no idea how I survived that podcast. But, boy, as, as they say, I battled.
0: You did. And you've lived through all of my haircuts. Now I have this Johnny Bravo thing going on. I don't know what's.
1: Yeah, I just on. keep mine simple. I, I keep the lettuce nice and tight because i'm i'm all about low maintenance uh you know just roll out of the rack there it is once gotta i gotta be
0: able you gotta be able to put your lid on man that's the whole thing
1: now once i have to start combing the thing and putting hair gel in it that's that's when i gotta go see the barber again get them clippers out take it off
0: boom
1: i'm the one all right would not complain if i went bald i mean no, I don't, other know if people complain you know because i probably wouldn't look as good but I would not complain if I lose my hair. I, I have asked my barber if I lose half my hair, if I get 50% off my haircut. He told me he'd charge me double. So I'd
0: probably. <laughs> You've got the Phelps deal on that thing, too. So <laughs> I, I
1: don't know what that's about. Going to charge me double for cutting half the hair? What's, what's up with that? Uh,
0: probably. Probably. Uh,
1: Anytime soon. I mean, I have every he- every strand of hair is still there. I, and that's your the color. I got for deal. me, Andy. I have great hair.
0: Keep telling yourself that, big boy. Keep telling yourself that all right, let's get into Nick Chubb. um just a devastating blow. I think there are a lot of things to go at this. First of all, you know, we talked about initially after the game. We wonder if he's ever going to be able to play again. I mean, that's i mean, I, I hate to say that, and I'm not trying to sound gloom and doom. and I think that if intestinal fortitude could get a guy back out on the field, he has every ounce of it. But the reality of it is is, I just – I see all these older football players that were my heroes as kids, and they are really struggling to walk, and they're struggling to do a lot of things. So uh, one surgery – did he have one surgery already, or just or – I can't I, remember. I don't
1: know if he's had surgery yet, but – No,
0: very close to having the first surgery. There's been talk that he might need multiple surgeries. So just so, you know, we're on the record, you know, and as I said, I think in the podcast before, I'm extremely bummed. Nick is my favorite player on the team. He's the jersey that my kids have that I've paid for. Um, you know, and so he's the, uh, you know, he's the kind of player you want your kid to be respectful, hardworking, willing to put a team on his back, never complains and just does all the dirty work and, and never once says boo about it. So, um, I, I'm just, I'm really bummed about, you know, his injury and I do wish him Godspeed and feeling better and being able to recover in any which way or shape or form. And if it was the last time we saw him play as a member of the Cleveland Browns or in the National Football League, I thank him for all the great memories uh, that he has given me as a football fan. So I hope he comes back, and I hope I'm not, you know, saying the swan song right now. But I do personally thank him for for being able to watch him because, you know, a lot of times when you're coaching, especially young kids, the best thing you could ever say is, I love to watch you play. I love to watch Nick Chubb play.
1: Yeah, I mean, he is – the greatest running back I've ever seen for the Browns um, in, in my lifetime. I, I have said it in the past. I stand by it. He's the, he's the Jim Brown of our era. Uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, the way he ran. Uh, I, I mean, if you put the film of those two guys side by side, the, the resemblances are shocking. I, I, I mean, they're almost mirror images of each other the way, You know, both would take on defenders, both would run over defenders, bounce off defenders, the stiff arms, the changing direction. um, But you're right. When you talk about um, the quintessential teammate, I mean, that that's Nick Chubb Um, doesn't run his mouth, um, doesn't celebrate, doesn't pout, doesn't complain like he just went to work each and every day. So a uh, devastating injury for him, devastating injury for the Cleveland Browns, uh, losing him. Um, I, I, I think it's going to take some time for that, to, for the team to get over it, if that makes sense.
0: No, totally. I, you know, it was apparent in the game. It was very apparent in the game, yeah, especially right rough. after it happened.
1: But unfortunately, as we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon, the business of football goes on. Right. Um, There is not time for the Cleveland Browns to mourn the loss of losing him for the season. They have to get ready for the Tennessee Titans uh this weekend. And as part of that, uh, they brought back a familiar face on Wednesday. Uh, I'm a little surprised by it. Andy, I think you might be a little surprised too, but I was too. I didn't think there was any
0: way he was coming back. And the only reason I say it is, and Nick Chubb is obviously we're talking about it because you're a Browns fan. You already knew that, but um, I just thought that they had passed him over last year, that he was kind of in the doghouse when the season started last year because he had talked about his contract and he had to sit in and you kind of wonder what was going on there. And I always thought it was a great luxury that we had Chubb and we had Kareem Hunt at the same time. Then you started hearing words, well, maybe he's lost a little bit. Maybe he's lost his edge. But today as he resigns, it sounds apparent, it sounds like, and I haven't seen him physically, uh, that he has lost a little bit of weight. He is ready to play, and uh, they put a contract out there that is worthy of reaching goals for him. Right, Daryl? That's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I, so we just got done talking as we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. We had just got done talking to uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, I and, haven't heard
0: any of this, so tell me what he said.
1: I mean, it sounds like, you know, all is forgiven, whatever happened between the two sides. Because remember, last year <clears throat> he wanted the new contract, didn't get it. He asked for a trade. They wouldn't trade him. Um, they chose not to resign him this off season. Here we are in September week going into week three. He was still a free agent at that point. Um, but, um, you know, he did talk about Nick, uh, Nick Chubb and, uh, you know, how hurt he was to see that injury happen on TV live, uh, like that. Um, the, uh, you know, uh, obviously pulling for, You know, Chubb to come back and, and, you know, recover, come back uh, and all that kind of thing. But as far as, uh, you know, as far as his situation, uh, he kind of talked about still wanting to win a championship uh, with the Browns. Um, You know, whatever he can do to help the hometown team. Of course, uh, uh, he grew up here in Northeast Ohio, Willoughby South High School. Um, He did lose a little weight uh, during his uh, time off. Um, and he did say too to you, to what we were talking about, you know, uh, I think I mentioned this with you and Jeff Wednesday afternoon, Andy, Th- this is a case study, you know, sports can be a life, it can be full of life lessons for people. And I think this is an important life lesson that can be taken away from the cream hunt situation. Never burn bridges. You You never know what circumstances are going to pop up. What relationships you're going to need in the future and things like that. And um, he said when we spoke to him that he never really closed the door on coming back uh, to Cleveland. Um, But, you know, let's be honest about it. Free agency didn't go all that well for him, right? For whatever reason. Um, And to be fair to Kareem, like free agency didn't go good for any running back. It it was, it was horrible. Off season to be a running back whether you were franchise tagged or you, you were a free agent it was just brutal and i think like nick chubb's injury to me just amplifies get your money when you can get your money use your leverage to get your money when you have that leverage to use i am always always pro player when it comes to them getting paid in the national football league, because they're the ones putting their bodies on the line week in and week out. And to your point earlier, Andy, you know, I, I'm around former Browns. These are guys that I grew up watching on television and I see the condition that they are currently in physically. Right. Correct. And so you will never ever hear me begrudge players getting paid. In the National Football League, considering the revenues that are out there and available, right, and that, and and I really think that the league screws over the running backs, um, and they do that thought.
0: I agree with you, and I have more to say about that too. And I want to talk more about what Kareem Hunt had to say today too. So we're going to dive into that. We'll tell you what Kevin Stefanski said too, because I don't necessarily know what was true 24 hours ago is true right now. It's always game day in Cleveland.
1: Hey, oh, hi, with Mobile Sports Betting Now Live. We know it can be a bit overwhelming deciding which sports book to use. That's why we wanted to tell you about BetQL. BeckQL is your one stop for all things sports betting related, from betting analytic trends to expert picks. Head on over to BeckQL, uh, the app, uh, or BeckQL.com to get informed. Get your betting win streak started. Use code OH25 for 25% off your first month. Head to BeckQL.com slash news slash 923 the fan for those exclusive sports book offers.
0: He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. It's always Game Day in Cleveland. Thanks for being on board. Twitter and Instagram at CLE. Daryl, um, I'll talk more a little bit more about Kareem Hunt. I do want to talk about something Kevin Stefanski said today in his press conference compared to what he said a day ago. The question was asked, is Jerome Ford your feature back? 24 hours prior, he said, yes, he's our feature back. And as Jeff and I said, he was the feature back at that moment in that moment in time, when he said it, he was being truthful. He is his feature back. Today, he backed off and said, Jerome Ford is our starting running back. So I think that opens the door for plenty of opportunity for Kareem Hunt to try to bust back out there and get the yards and the carries that he's hoping for, no matter what, you know, there was talk that this could be a $4 million deal with incentives. It, it, did I read that correctly? Because I didn't see his facial expressions, expressions either time. I heard him both times say that, and I thought it was interesting today. He said, Jerome Ford is our starting running back. Didn't say he was our feature back, said he was our starting running back. And maybe I'm just nitpicking. You tell me.
1: Well, I'm currently scrolling through the transcript here to find that quote for you. Oh, I heard it. I heard it loud and clear. I want to – he said uh, – Jerome is the lead back, but we have to work through all of those types of things and what Kareem's ready to do this week, if he's ready to go this week, and what type of load he can carry, and Pierre Strong. So I think we need to work through all that, but yes, Jerome is the starter. That's the quote. So he did say Jerome is the lead back. Lead back means number one running back. So he did reiterate that today. Today. He's the lead right. back. Yeah, I, I, I just read you the quote. That's, that's right. With no game today. Yeah. I, he said Jerome is the lead back, but we have to work through all those things, blah, blah, blah. But Jerome is the starter. So as, yes. as they go into Sunday's game, Jerome Ford is your starting running back. Sub- okay. And they
0: really like him. There's no question. We knew that. We knew that by the fact that he didn't do anything in preseason. And yet he landed a starting spot on the team. I have not Well, a- he landed a,
1: cuz Kevin also said that Kareem is well aware of the circumstances that he has been brought back under. So, I think Kareem also knows he's the number 2 back.
0: In the same situation he was in last year, and is I, that I, what
1: is that what fans should expect? And I was told this morning that yes, in fact, Kareem would be would be the number 2 running back. That's what I was told this morning. So,
0: but he also left the door open to change it. And so,
1: Look, I can only relay what I've heard and what I've been told. And as right. we have a conversation right now, Jerome Ford is the number one lead running back slash starter. And Kareem Hunt is the number two. Obviously okay. I can't predict the future. I'm going to pull a little coach speak on you. Yes, you are coach Ryder. I can't look into the future. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't have the Powerball numbers. Cause if I did, we would not be having this podcast right now. <laughs>
0: All right. So Daryl, let me get your expertise in this. Should Jerome Ford, get the majority of carries
1: yes for now oh coach coach Ryder, there you go thank you I'm, I'm oh. only going by what I see today and what I see today is that Jerome Ford's the the number one running back and uh if circumstances happen to change four or five six weeks down the road then circumstances change but as we have the conversation right now Jerome Ford is the number one running back he is the starting running back he is the lead running back what however you want to phrase it that's what he is, and kareem hunt is number two and and are i'm you not, ha- I, are you with... suit i think i think the role suits kareem too okay
0: i am saying are you are you happy with this move was this a good move for the team
1: uh yeah i mean am I, i'm, I'm kind of indifferent on it I don't think they're gonna replace Nick Chubb but I mean, he knows the offense, he knows the system, he knows the building, he knows all, all everything. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's as seamless as it's going to be. Plug and play were the big words I heard today. Plug and yeah, play. Like it's it's as seamless as it's going to be. So, is there another running back though, Daryl? You would have liked to have seen them pick up. Um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, but that would have cost <laughs> a draft pick that they don't have. So, right.
0: I, I don't know. I actually was thinking, I, and I said that the other night that Dearness Johnson's not seeing a whole lot of time in Jacksonville, so why not trade them a sixth or seventh round pick for him? I love the way he played here. I'll be honest with you, and I just, I, I'd like to see Kareem be able to be super successful in this position they put him in. I, I don't know. I mean, I just don't know where they sit. Where I think the hardest part is, we know that no matter who's running the ball, they're not Nick Chubb, and there's going to be a deficiency there compared to Nick Chubb. Fair.
1: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's, there's not a second Nick Chubb that's available to them. Um, you know, let's give Jerome Ford some credit. He ran for hundred yards and Nick Chubb was probably going to run for 200 yards against the Steelers Monday night. Let's be honest. Probably. I preface that with assuming he was given the opportunity to do it. <laughs> right. Assuming right. The pace of carries was going to continue he probably was going to have two bills uh, on the Steelers Monday night. Um, But also I kind of suspect that he was not going to get that opportunity because I've watched Kevin Stefanski call plays for the last three plus years. Um, But yeah, I mean, you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not replacing Nick Chubb. You're just trying to do your best to supplement uh, that production as much as possible that you're going to miss. Um, I am curious Because I feel like they're going to have to modify some stuff. Like, I don't know that Jerome Ford's going to, you know, be the greatest catching the ball out of the backfield. Only because I don't know. You know, I just, I don't know. It's an unknown quantity, right? Right. I know Kareem Hunt can do that. Uh, Ford also caught a touchdown the other night in Pittsburgh. So, you know, give him his his props for that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the run game right now is an unknown quantity. But guess what? So is the passing game. All
0: right, so let's talk about Deshaun Watson then. How does that get fixed? What gets changed? How can he be a better
1: quarterback? Uh, more accurate throws, better timing with the receivers, get the ball out a little faster to try and beat some of the pressure he might be getting on the edges because of uh, the, the tackle situation being what it is. Um, I don't know if there's a confidence issue. I don't know if I, – I, Is it fixable? Do you think it's know. fixable? I I don't know because I I can't say it's I can't say if it's fixable if I don't know what the problem is, you know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I I mean there are some things you can notice like okay the fumble the strip uh, the scoop and score that cost them the game he only had one hand on the ball right yeah so I I mean I just if someone's in well, his he ear going, he holds
1: the football like a loaf of bread
0: we but we yeah we, so we can we stop it. I mean but we bought that right that's what they paid for they that's knew
1: totally. that this is what he does $130 million. does that change? Yeah. No, I don't think he changes the way he plays. No, you don't think so. Um, you know the the pick six. Everyone wants to point to that. That wasn't his fault. That was Kevin. Not Stefanski. at all. Uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski calling for Harrison Bryant to get the first pass of the game. I'm sure that the Steelers clearly got caught with their pants down on that one. Bravo to the coaching staff. So I roll my eyes. Um, so that you know that wasn't Deshaun's fault. Now Deshaun did play the good teammate and say, I should have given him a better ball, whatever, but you know, it'd be nice if Harrison Bryant could catch the football he Did um, hit him in the hands. Yeah. That was the mistake Deshaun made was he hit him in the hands. Um, so uh, I, I just, so the two turnovers, which obviously you can't take those away, but if you do, the Browns won that game, we're going to go, we'll channel our inner Butch Davis. You know, if you take away those three 90 yard touchdown runs that Jamal Lewis had against us, run defense was pretty kick ass. <laughs> Remember that post game press conference? Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, those were good times. But I mean, I just, you know, if, um, you, if you're able to extract those two major mistakes, then was the offense as terrible. Well, I mean, they had the ball, two minutes to play, and he couldn't get it done. Right. Couldn't go down. Couldn't get him in the end zone. Couldn't get him the lead and then leave it up to the defense to hold that lead. Um, that was disappointing because, see, those are these situations that make quarterbacks elite. Patrick Mahomes can do that crap with 20 seconds on the clock. Agree, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, does, he does it all the time. Like, the, the worst thing you can do is give Patrick Mahomes any time on the clock with a deficit because he's going to find a way to at least give the Chiefs a chance to win that game. We see him
0: or Chad Henney, right? Or Chad Henney.
1: Um, you know, so that's, that's the standard. Cause I I have had some people tell me that I'm being unfair to Deshaun because I've talked about, he needs to start earning the paycheck and I I disagree. I'm holding him to the standard that he's an elite player. That's, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm so critical. He's not uh, Spurgeon win. He's not Jacoby Brissett. He's not Colt McCoy or Josh McCown or Brandon, you know what I mean? Like he is, he is being paid and cost and draft capital. What an elite player requires. And so my expectation now that he has put a lot of his off the field situation, it's in the rear view mirror, as far as the ramifications of that and what he was accused of, and just, I'm keeping it strictly football based. My football expectation for Deshaun Watson is that he lights defenses asses on fire each and every week. That's my expectation for him because he has the talent. We saw it in Houston. I want to see that guy with the Cleveland Browns, and we've not seen it yet. We gave him the mulligan last year for the six games, which, by the way, that was his own self-creation and a byproduct of his own. Uh, actions or the accusations of actions um, this year, week one gave him the mulligan. Hey, it was wet, rainy, miserable, heavy football. Life is tough. Fine. But now when you go to Pittsburgh where you've, this franchise hasn't now won in two decades and you've got the ball at midfield, less than two minutes to play. It's second down and you can't move the ball a yard from there. That's a problem for me. And that is him not meeting my expectations. So I'll ask you this, Andy, and you can answer this when we come back. Are my expectations of Deshaun Watson unreasonable or unfair?
0: And that's what we'll do. We'll answer those when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It's always game day in Cleveland. Uh, third segment here as we continue and roll on and talk about the Browns getting set to play the Tennessee Titans on Sunday at 1 o'clock. All right, so, Daryl, you left us with a question at the end of the second segment. Uh, make that make, – uh, let's get concise. Just give me just a 15-second recap of what your question was.
1: Are my expectations that Deshaun Watson needs to be an elite player right now for the Cleveland Browns unreasonable or unfair? Daryl, they are
0: not unreasonable, and they are not unfair. I agree with you. Look, they brought him in here to be something special. Somebody brought this up today on our show. Is his contract hindering him Excuse me, from being a better player? Because if you get into a situation where there's a financial reward on the end of hard work, is that more beneficial to the athlete or the the worker bee in this situation? He's been paid, right? He's going to see that money no matter what. So you wonder if that is in the back of his head, psychologically or not, you know, he may not be that way. He may not appear to be that way, but in his subconscious, he's saying, I got paid, you know, I already got paid and I didn't have to do anything for it. And all I had to do is tell these guys, I'm not coming Cleveland's off the board. And then they came back with, you know, one of the most lucrative, well, the most lucrative deal in NFL history. So I wonder about that sometimes. I do think he is a successful athlete. He is out of sorts right now. He makes crazy decisions sometimes. But the problem I have, and it's something that we talked about immediately in the postgame, and Jamal White and I talked about this too, you knew what you were getting when you signed him to this deal. He is the quarterback that we know gets sacked. He is a quarterback that we know throws interceptions. So if you're looking at him and saying, why doesn't he live to see another down? Your answer is in his history and you should know better. It's like me asking you before, should he carry the ball with two hands when he knows he's running around trying to extend the play? Do I think so? Yes. Do 95% of the people watching football think that he should? Yes. But that's not who Deshaun Watson is and you are going to live by it or you are going to die by it. And Kevin Stefanski, unfortunately, is going to be the benefactor of that or the the loser of that if it doesn't change quickly. That's where we are. And this is where we go to the next topic here because the hot seat for Kevin gets hotter with every loss. And I really want to sit here and say we are completely overreacting after two games because the first game was so good and the second game offensively was so bad. It shouldn't have been that way especially when your offense allows 14 points for the other team, your defense has given up one touchdown in eight quarters. That's ridiculous. And if I'm playing on the offensive side of the ball, no matter who I am, I am going to have trouble facing the defense because they have done everything within their power with the exception of one play to make sure that we're a winner when the game ends on Sunday. So if I'm on defense, I'm extremely upset with the way the offense has let me down to the same expectations you would have on a kicker that if you know both sides of the ball, offense and defense are completely kicking ass. And then you send a kicker out there and they miss a 35 yard field goal. You should be upset with a kicker who doesn't put in the grit and grind that you do all week. That's why I understand all those things. And I get that the defense should be furious with the offense after that last game, Deshaun Watson, let them down. And now that Nick Chubb's out, Deshaun Watson has to be, without a doubt, without any question, the leader of this offense and the leader of the franchise. He's got to live up to this contract. And the pressure just keeps mounting and mounting. Because if I'm Jimmy Haslam, I'm asking myself, why did I waste all this money? And creeping into the picture in the background, and we'll see what happens on Monday night when – the Bucks play the Eagles. I think it's Monday night, isn't it? That when those two teams play, and if Baker Mayfield is successful, there are going to be a whole lot of people around Northeast Ohio that will be saying, why was Baker playing when he was hurt? Why is Baker Mayfield not still the quarterback of this team? I hope that that question does not come into play, but I got to tell you, I see it every day in my DMs, on my Twitter, my X, and through text. People that still really like Baker Mayfield, and now he has an opportunity to be 3-0 and this week against a really, really good team. And that's the problem. The problem is, is that you were just a few plays away from making the AFC Championship, and you decided to take the car
1: and go like this. Daryl? Yeah, it is kind of funny you had to say Baker Mayfield and your ex in the same sentence. <laughs> exactly. He is the ex, right? Um, he is the ex. Yeah, He's well. the I mean, X that
0: everyone's looking at right now.
1: They are. Yeah, They're right. The I mean, fans are looking at it. Hey, the Buccaneers are 2-0. Uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, playing great down there in Tampa Bay. And, well, Deshaun Watson has been pedestrian at best here for the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield's costing the Buccaneers like $8 bucks this year. And, well, <laughs> Deshaun's costing 46 but, No, Now, it's not my money. It's Jimmy Haslam's money. And you know me. I'm all about spending. But if you're it. Jimmy, I'm, you're
0: not happy about that. There's no the way. It, it,
1: listen, that's <laughs> Tough cookies. Jimmy Haslam was one of the people that made the decision to bring Deshaun Watson here. So re put your show that, that that's right. I mean, the, 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 the brain trust, Jimmy Haslam, D Haslam, JW Johnson, Whitney Johnson, uh, and the, 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 the other members, as I call it, the circle of trust out there uh, that they have, they made the decision. Andrew Barry, Kevin Stefanski, Alex Van Pelt. They all made the decision to, to make that trade. And I do feel like it's premature to, um, you know, talk about whether it's been a, uh, whether it was the right move or six, su- it's been successful for them. And there's a lot of football to be played for all we know, Deshaun can go out and finally throw for 300 yards against the Tennessee Titans, by the way, me, and Mike Vrabel and the type of teams he has, that's not going to happen. <laughs> if you thought the Pittsburgh Steelers brought the physicality Monday night, and, th- and this is where the schedule makers did the Cleveland Browns zero favors. The fact sure. that they put the Steelers and the Titans back-to-back back with six days in between, that's just brutal. Oh, and then, by the way, the Baltimore Ravens get to roll into town after that.
0: It, but you it, get an early week off to recover. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, dude. That everybody is, wants their bye week five.
1: I, I mean, that is just a brutally physical stretch that this team is going to have to. And then they come back from the bye, and guess who they get? the San Francisco 49ers. So do you have a PowerPoint
0: like, presentation for that game, by the <laughs> way? I'm just curious.
1: <laughs> things don't really get easier until the trip to Indianapolis. Not to say that that's going to be an easy, but you understand what I'm saying. Like, oh, I know exactly what you're saying. From a, just, from I heard a,
0: somebody say last week that this week's game was going to be a trap game. Well, you're one and one. There are no trap games. Yeah,
1: There, there are no trap games. And it's we, the NFL. I mean, this is going to be a very, very physically demanding stretch for the Cleveland Browns. Like, and I'm not being facetious or sarcastic or being a smart ass. I'm dead serious. Like uh, the Steelers are uh, a a brutally physical team. Um, I I talked to a couple guys in the locker room. who told me as much that that was, Hey, it's divisional football, AFC North football. That's what we have to expect. But Vrabel is very tough minded, tough, you know, his teams are physical. Then, and again, the Ravens are physical, the 49ers, especially their defense are physical. So, these next 3 games for the Cleveland Browns like if they can go 2 and 1 count your blessings because this is going to be a very very difficult stretch and you look at the Tennessee Titans and what they come to town with right um mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it it's not going to be an easy game on Sunday like i i i don't know if the browns are going to win i haven't made my pick just yet but um i'm looking at what the titans are bringing to town their offense they they've got a couple of pieces there you know, I don't know that there's, I don't know if they're playoff or Super Bowl contenders there, but they got some pieces that can put a hurting on the Cleveland Browns.
0: All right. There you have it, Daryl. It's always game day in Cleveland. We always enjoy you watching the show. We enjoy you listening to the show, especially if you're in your car. And thank you to the Odyssey app. Thank you to uh, Meredith Kane, our outstanding producer. We will be back. Our next edition will be the post game edition.
1: That'll be on Sunday, 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 Daryl. Thank you very much. A pleasure as always. And uh, yeah, well, the, the, the post-name podcast, by the way, apparently our most popular podcasts. They are an instantaneous hit. So we will See, definitely, definitely be back after the, uh, the Titans. And hopefully we'll both be in better moods because we'll have good things to talk about. And it won't be 3 o'clock in the morning.
0: It's always game day in Cleveland.